Hi, this is Chef Art Smith, right here from Homecoming, and we're at the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Okay, all you runners out there, I used to be a runner, ran two marathons, and a bunch of, what do you just half ones? Half marathons. Half marathons, whatever. Keep running, keep eating. Thank you. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country, And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast, episode 94. I'm your host, as always, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. 94. We are closing in. On 100. So close. Now, that doesn't count the quick bites. Oh, no. If you count those, we're well over 100 items in the feed for people to enjoy. But official episodes, we are closing in. Six away from the big one zero zero. We're going to have to do something big, huh? Yes. I think it's only fair or appropriate that we... Celebrate that milestone. Oh, yes. And the listeners who make it possible. So Absolutely. Yes. And viewers for the occasional video. On Yeah, on rare occasion. In fact, <laughs> not, well, not so rare. We just recently had a video. Yeah, um, yeah. Quick bite in the yeah. feed. Yeah, with Scofflaw in Atlanta. So all of you folks who were out there listening to that interview of Scofflaw and you didn't know, that was actually a video episode. So yeah. if you have a podcatcher on your mobile device that doesn't show video, head over to your computer yeah. maybe and check it out in iTunes proper and yeah. you'll actually get the whole video experience as well. Yes, indeed. So. Oh, this week was not a travel week. Yes and no. I mean... Officially not officially, a travel week, but we turned it into one. Yes, we turned it into one because of... Somebody had FOMO. FOMO. Yes, exactly. We're, we're going to talk about our training run and how we made it a travel week. We turned it into one, as you said. Yeah, so we are changing plans. We were mm. initially going to talk a little bit about what we do for our training in terms of our nutrition and we thought for this year being that it's the beginning of 2020 we might do some episodes where we talk about what Mm -hmm. our our fitness plan is our goals where we started where we're at now and where we're heading Mm -hmm. and what tools in terms of nutrition and weight training that type of thing that we're using yes exactly so but 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 stay tuned for that. Yes. So stay tuned for that. We have not abandoned that and we will talk about that because it's helped us and it may help someone out there. Yeah. Uh, there's tons of runners out there who are looking to, you know, or may- maybe whatever they've been doing isn't working for them. So what we've stumbled into is kind mm. of working for us and yeah. uh, we'd be more than happy to share our yes. experiences. So. Little Miss FOMO. Yes, I I think I stalked people the week before the Disney Marathon weekend. You think you stalked on people? On social media, not literally. Well. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, because. Didn't you though? I 
they were packing and getting ready and showing magic bands. And yes, yes, this past weekend was the Disney Marathon weekend, which is huge. It is I, the biggest of all their races, I, I think it's the biggest of all the run Disney race weekends. I don't know if that's true statistically, but it's huge. And I just thought, oh my gosh, we don't normally have days off together and where we do training runs together, usually when we're not traveling, we have to kind of get them in where we can around our work schedules. Yeah. And part that's really a lot of that's my fault now with my, nah, it's not your fault. Day jobs get in the way. Mine it's just how it is. Yeah. Well, mine really does. I have um, alternating days off every other week. So it, uh, and not every weekend. So it's, yeah. it's tricky. So, and we were not off during the Disney marathon, marathon weekend, weekend proper. And, and we've done that one in the past, not on the podcast. That was our first half marathon that we completed. Yes. Not the, cause when we did the wine and dine, our first race experience, the half, we did the relay. Right. So that was the first. First full, full half. half. <laughs> for a full 13.1 you runners out there know what we're talking you know, about we did you know, a full half marathon you know what we're talking about you know what we mean yes <laughs> as opposed to splitting up the 13 between yes us. it was not a relay so so we didn't go this year no but you were cyber stalking I friends was people I mean, from various running groups like the, the lizards shirts. The shirts looked cool. The lizards crossing the finish line together at races during the weekend looked cool. I can't tell you. I mean, I just had such a desire to be up there participating, being in it, accomplishing goals right along with some extra milers. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Connie from the Extra Mile podcast group was there. And so many lizards. And, of course, the host of the Be Our Guest podcast, Mike Rallman. I mean, he is posting right and left from up there on his dopey challenge. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. And Mike Bankhead that we've had on the show. So, yes, and so what you guys can gather from this is that Amy might have spent a little bit of time on social media following everybody's experiences and really wishing that she were there. And I'm, of course, getting text messages from her going, check this out, check this out. Yes. And I think it was Saturday you said, and I I was at work, you sent me a text, Mm -hmm. you're like, I would really, we've got to run... 13 and a half miles for training mm-hmm. we're this weekend uh, and we were going to do it on Monday or Tuesday when we were off. off. So I want to go up to Disney and do it. And I was thinking to myself, no, 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 that is not the way that it went. I said, I wish we could, I wish we could. And I'm telling, I'm telling everybody this because you deserve the credit. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll take credit. Because in the text message, I said, I wish we could. And I fully expected 
Dana to come back and go, you know, we're going to be there in April for Star Wars. It's going to be, you know, great. We're going to have a blast at the five-year anniversary of the race weekend. It's going to be awesome. We just got to hang on. I'm taking notes for the next time you want to do an impromptu or you suggest to, or think about an impromptu trip to Disney. So, okay. But then. We're going to be up there soon. Yeah. I'm, it's going I'm to thinking, be great. I'm, I'm thinking that that is what he's going to come back and say, and you shouldn't do that. And he says, we can do that if you want. And you should have seen me on the other end of the text message. I mean, I was, I mean, fist pumping and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I don't know. That's probably too loud for an audio podcast. But. We'll fix it in post. Okay. But, so, <laughs> so I'm like, we could do that. I'm reading between the lines. She wants to go run it at Disney. Yes. And I'm like, let's go run it at Disney. So, so exciting. That was, I think, on Friday. It might have been Friday. Friday, or Friday Saturday. I think it was Friday because we, we decided well, what are we going to do about boarding the dog. Oh, and yeah. All that. So we had we made the plans on Friday. We boarded the dogs on Saturday. Yeah, because our, our vets closed on Sunday. got to do it then. Finished our work day on Sunday. And then bright and early monday, monday morning, morning so that we could get there prior to rope drop at one of the parks so yes. that we could get in to maybe go to uh galaxy or to star wars galaxy's edge to ride rise, rise of, of the resistance. resistance we got there we, we woke up here around 2 a.m it was a disney wake up people yeah yeah it's a disney wake up even if you live three hours away from disney uh -huh. so we we got up at two got loaded up and we were out the door by three yeah and we were pulling into our hotel which was right near the disney properties mm -hmm. at uh well it's right there on lake six, Buena Vista. Six so about, about 6 15 6 30 yeah and then took a lift over to the park yes and we were rocking and rolling for 13.5 miles yeah starting at Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios. Because we had to get inside the park to join a boarding group for Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. If if you've been looking at maybe doing either Disneyland or Disney World, that is a very, very new, very technologically advanced ride. You have to get there. You They have a geofence set up for, your, for their app. So you actually have to be inside of the park, logged into the Disney app, so that you can log in and get put into a virtual queue. And then they tell you throughout the day when to come back because your boarding group is now being boarded, which basically means you can come back and get in line. Because even with the boarding group, and I'm, mm. I'm getting ahead a little bit, we came back at, later that night after we had done our run. Once we our boarding group was called, it was a two-hour wait to get on the ride. Needless to say, we didn't get on the ride. No, we did not. So. But we hear from people who have actually made it onto the ride that it's like four rides in one and it's super awesome. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. No, no, no. I mean, there's certainly, if you want to look online, there are tons of videos to let you see what you might be missing out on. But I, I just have a thing. I cannot wait in line for anything more than an hour. I, beyond that, to me, it's just not worth it. I'll come back later once the crowds die down a little bit. So yeah, I was fine to not do that. But 
what we ended up doing that whole day, or at least the earlier earlier in the day, was we did our 13 and a half mile training run in and between a few of the parks there. We did. We did. We took a turn around Hollywood after we got into backup boarding groups, whatever you want to call that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we took a spin around Hollywood Studios and, and inside of Galaxy's Edge. And then we headed down along actually part of the Wine and Dine race course from 2019 when we were there in November. It's basically from all of the Wine and Dine race courses. Mm-hmm. That section's always run yeah. between the connection Hollywood Studios and mm-hmm. the Boardwalk. Yeah. Yeah. So we... And then you can get into Epcot, so there it's all connected. Mm-hmm. So that is the path we took. So we were by the water, we passed the boardwalk uh, resort, mm-hmm. and that's always great. I mean, that's a that's a gorgeous resort. Uh, we've stayed there once. Uh, no, once. we've stayed there. I we think, stayed there once. I think we've stayed there a couple. Well, we stayed there at least once. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's. It was gorgeous in the morning. It wasn't it wasn't too hot actually. And that was surprising. Yeah, the weather conditions for the Disney race weekend were actually pretty bad. They were in the mid to upper eighties mm. with very high humidity and lots of sun. No, so that part I didn't have envy of at even all. Actually on the marathon day on Sunday, mm. they actually had to modify the course. And mm-hmm. I believe they extended or they suspended their um, their their sweep times. For oh, people. I hadn't heard that. That was what I, I've I've seen on some entries online. So I hadn't heard that. A lot of a lot of uh, people were upset with the weather conditions. They yeah. were expecting to come to Florida to get some cooler and, and get some cooler temperatures at this time of year. They got a taste of Florida. Mm. So indeed, for those of you who ran it, whew, hats off to you. Yes, um, we know what that's like. We train yes. in that most of the year here. And if they cut your race and you finished. You are a marathoner. Yeah, you ran the race that you were given, and mm-hmm. you did the best you could with what you were given. Yes. So, and and if you did not finish, what what do they say? Uh, a did not finish trumps a did not start. Absolutely. And if you didn't do it this time, boy, it's great training for when you will complete that marathon. If if you if you didn't. If you legitimately had a medical out or you couldn't complete it, you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to do it. And for us, we were fortunate we didn't have any time constraints on us at all for those 13 and a half miles around the Disney parks. So we did a couple of loops around basically what we just described, where Mm -hmm. we did a loop around the the Hollywood Studios, around Mm -hmm. the Boardwalk, around Mm. Epcot, Mm -hmm. and basically... Uh, one and a half times doing that got mm-hmm. us to our mileage. Yes. And, and I, I will tell you that I have FOMO when I see people who are fast enough at Disney races to ride rides during the marathon, half marathon, whatever race they're running. Mm-hmm. And so I was glad that we kind of snuck in a couple of rides. 
We did. Now, <laughs> since we didn't have a, a, a training time yeah. for this uh, with our doing Jeff Galloway's method, and he says the important thing for your endurance day is not your pace. You can walk the whole thing if you want to. Right. It's just to get the mileage in. Yeah. So there were times where we stopped to hop on a ride real quick and then get back off and keep going. Okay. So we'd pause our um, Garmin and get on, do it, come back out, start it up mm-hmm. again, and keep going. Yeah. So, and I think really by the end of the day, we were we were closer to 16 miles on our feet. Probably. Something like that. So. Yeah, because we didn't even start like from the place where the Lyft or the Uber dropped us, the ride share dropped us off. No, no, we started inside the park. Yeah, so. So yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a great way to vary up what would have been a rather mundane training run in the yeah. neighborhood. Um, we're pretty fortunate. We only live about three hours from the parks, mm-hmm. so it makes a pretty easy day trip for us. In Orlando. And nice. the reason we like doing that is, again, variety is the spice of life, and it certainly helps when you have training runs. It yeah. also gives us a way to break up the monotony if we're doing um, some virtual runs, like virtual 5Ks. Mm-hmm. It, it, it forces us to do those and to have a change of scenery. Yes, and I liked this change of scenery. We we did the virtual races, the Marvel virtual races over the summer, but what I liked about this was when we got up there, we were surrounded by our fellow runners who had just accomplished goals. Yeah, so many runners who were just getting out of bed the following day. Oh my goodness. And making sure that they were up and moving. Mm-hmm. And you could tell there were a lot of people waddling through the parks. Oh at, boy. At park open. Yeah. But it was great to see them with their medals and to say congratulations mm-hmm. and just, and see their, even people with just the race shirts who had opted not to wear the full bling, but to do kind of what Mike Bankhead says that his, his bling is the shirt. Right. So he wears the shirt to celebrate. And that, well, that was a yeah. discussion point in one of the online groups and I even chimed in. Some people yeah. were saying, should you wear the, the whole, I call it the Mr. T starter kit. The whole should thing? you wear just the challenge medal or the shirt? I I tend to say wear the challenge medal. You know, you don't get to wear your medals out and about without, you know, people looking at you weird, except at Disney. Right. And I think that just wearing the challenge medal, number one, is more comfortable. Yeah. Because the medals that Disney gives you, you a lot of people complain about the price. I'm telling you, they do the bling right. Yes, it's awesome. I I cannot wait. We don't have a small medal from Disney. Yeah. Do we? No. We don't. So they are gigantic. But the the problem well with wearing the full the full regalia is if you are walking around and you get the clanging constantly, if you walk for a few hours, Ooh. the likelihood that you're gonna chip your metals. Yeah, when they're clanking together you could. Or just the weight on your neck. It's it very heavy. I think. So I I time. like what you say or let let the shirt like the I did it shirt or the race shirt that they provide you mm-hmm. or just the challenge medal. Yeah. I think that is the way to go. Yeah. It's, it's just more comfortable that way. Yeah. But if you want to wear your challenge medal, it's a great thing to pose for pictures. If you get the memory mm-hmm. maker oh, yeah. as part of your plan or you're taking selfies or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But we also like going up to Disney for quick up and backs mm. because and this is something that we take for granted because we live here, but 
you got to remember that Disney, even though we're not a Disney podcast, Disney mm. is a huge part of Florida. Mm-hmm. And it is a destination for mm. millions of people, yeah. many of whom save for months or sometimes years to go. Yes. So we like to feature it every now and then to give you some ideas, mm-hmm. things that might be hidden gems oh. or things that are sometimes nearby off property. Mm. So that if this is going to be that vacation of a lifetime for you, yes. that you get a chance to to get learn from our experience. Yes. So... Now, that's why we do a little more Disney than the average running podcast, but not nearly as much Disney as a Disney podcast. True enough. True enough. I mean, and we stayed off property. We didn't, we, we, we took a tip from Just Take a Dip. Yes, we did. <laughs> With Steph. Yeah, Just Take a Dip yes. uh, over on Instagram. Our mm-hmm. friend Steph, she does a lot of Florida vacationing tips and mm-hmm. does had a great hotel recommendation for us. Yes. Also a Hilton. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we are, of course, uh, fans of Hilton. Oh, yeah. And their ver- variety of properties. Not a sponsor of the show. They nope. have been in the past, but mm-hmm. we, we like the hotels. We we get good value for, for the money we're spending. Mm-hmm. And the hotel that we stayed at was their Buena Vista Palace location yes and it was located with a walkway to disney springs literally across the street from disney springs yes so you could walk there absolutely and take advantage of all the great restaurants and you know we we might have taken advantage of art smith as we have done in the past well art smith does make some amazing food and beverage oh so, so the Art Smith's homecoming. Yeah, shout out to Chef Art Smith, who yeah. was our stinger ahead at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. But we didn't, we're not featuring the food from Art Smith on today's episode. True enough. We actually found a hidden gem inside of Hollywood Studios that we think people need to know about. We explored Galaxy's Edge. I'm a little bit of a Star Wars nerd. Of course, we're doing those races, and it's uh, we're really hopeful, like everybody else out there on social media, that we will get to in either the 10K or the half, because we were too late to register for the 5K. Right. Run through part of Galaxy's Edge at some point. We're so hopeful. We don't know yet, because the maps haven't been released. But inside of Galaxy's Edge, there are hidden gems at docking bay seven food and cargo this is one of a handful of food and beverage spots that are in galaxy's edge Mm -hmm. galaxy's edge of course is the star wars themed section of the park Mm -hmm. and let's just pause right there the attention to detail oh my gosh and the size of this section of the park Mm -hmm. is fantastic the I think every time we see the Millennium Falcon, when we walk through there, mm-hmm. I think that that just has such an effect on you. Oh, I get as a goosebumps. Star Wars fan. I get goosebumps with the fact that you're able to walk into what looks like a fully functioning spaceport. Yes, and they have made a one-to-one scale replica 
of mm. the Millennium Falcon, mm. and it's you can walk up and almost touch it. I mean, you're they, they have a little fence railing to keep you from actually touching it, but mm. you're right there, and we've got some selfies, and yeah. I think uh, we held some pictures of our, pic, took pictures of our beer. Yes, as we were out there by the ship, it's just beautiful. Yes, but everywhere you go, I mean, they've got uh, the the look down and they've even got it set up so that it looks like you've got mountains off in the distance and they're mm-hmm. using f- changes in perspective and they're they're creating that illusion that it's even bigger than it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they just, they, they thought of everything to the point where they're now testing SUV-sized drones so that so. when you hear the sounds of the X-Wings flying over, you're going to see an X-Wing flying over. It's crazy. And as soon as they get that approved from the FAA, they're going to be doing that. We're going to get on that ride, that Rise of the Resistance. We're Eventually. We're going to get there. <laughs> you know? But we, got, we still enjoyed what we saw there. We did. And we, we did. certainly enjoyed what we ate there. The Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo in Galaxy's Edge, it's such a cool space, first of all. And you could mobile order full transparency and actually a tip, you know, if you don't want to wait in lines, although the lines were not really bad on a Monday. No, not at all. They, they really weren't. So the mo- there's a, an entrance for mobile order, and then there is the, the part where you can go in and you can stand in line and, and order and pick up your food. And an inside seating and an outdoor kind of seating area. And it just, it all feels like Star Wars. Oh, it's it looks like the, the stonework of, you're supposed to be on the planet Batu, which is that, that desert planet. Uh, they Everything in terms of signage is written in the Star Wars common language, Arabesh. And if you've got the Star Wars or the Disney Play app, you can hold... Th- your camera yeah. up and actually it will translate the signs for you live. I just thought you would know the language and translate for me. I'm not that much of a Star Wars nerd. Sorry. Okay. 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 Well, you can use that then tip. Yeah. There you go. So there's, there's a, a fun yeah. tip and something for the kids to do. Sure. If, if you're taking your kids there. And if you're waiting in the lines because there are no fast passes for the rides at this point. Right. So, you can mobile order, and that's good if you've got a family and you're looking to maximize your time and get in, get a bite, and then get back to your fast passes and in, in other parts of the park or just get back to the experience. Yeah. You know? But we wanted to see some of the entrees coming out because we had been online looking at the menu and we had been inside the mobile the mobile ordering in the My Disney Experience application on the phone. And we're like, well, okay, the descriptions look good, but we kind of want to see the size of the entrees. We want to see what comes out of the kitchen. And we wanted to we wanted to experience it for ourselves. This yeah. is one of those those times where I don't think that you can rely too much on the published online reviews. The park itself hasn't been open that long. That's true. August. And a lot of the early reviews that went out were reflecting the the kinks needing to be worked out. 
which is always the case when you have something new there. And Disney is great about listening and tweaking and, and getting better. And I think it's pretty clear that that's what they've been doing. So we were looking at the, I think we were looking at the ribs. We were looking at the pot roast that was there on the menu. Uh, the chicken, the, the, Indo- chicken. the Andorian chicken. And we wanted to see what it would look like and uh, were they going to be big enough to split or should we each get an entree of our own? And one in particular just stuck out as one that we could split. Mm -hmm. So we did instead of getting two different entrees for at lunchtime. So we got... You want the, me to read this one? The, yes. <laughs> Can you just pronounce that? The Batuan, okay. being from the planet Batu, <laughs> beef pot roast. Okay. Which yeah. is a braised beef pot roast served over a cavatelli pasta with wilted kale and mushrooms. And it was also topped with, I want to say these were rainbow carrot, um, like shoestringed rainbow carrots. Yeah. And... Um, some some spiced breadcrumbs. Yeah, they were like crunchy. Mm-hmm, for a little crunchy element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this was eighteen ninety nine, and yes. it was served in what looked like, if you're just going off the visual, and I think it's in going to be in the episode artwork. Mm-hmm. The the visual looks like it's served in a cast iron crock, like a like an mm-hmm. oblong or oval cast iron crock with a handle on each side. Mm-hmm. That is a plastic, uh, like a, a heavy plastic ware. Um, dish made to look like cast iron. And it does. But the presentation is actually great. And I think that the portion size for this is really great to split. Oh, absolutely. And when we looked at the ribs, the ribs they, the ribs looked good, but it looked smaller. The ribs by comparison. looked a little smaller by comparison, and you have to remember that, that that chunk of meat in that rib has a bone going through it. Mm, so. so a lot of that mass, that portion, is going to be taken up by something you can't eat. I guess. So if you're splitting, that wouldn't be the thing I would probably steer people it towards. Lo- yeah, it looked like it had a bone in it, and I was like, mm, well, maybe. we." Sh-. So we got the... We actually, when we looked at the portions... That was confirming what a cast member had recommended to us. Yeah. Because when we went up, at first we ran into the the entrance where you would normally go to pick up a mobile order. Mm-hmm. And he says, pot roast. Pot roast. Yeah, I asked him, I said, what's the best thing on the menu? And I uh-huh. mean, he didn't miss a beat. Just get the pot roast. So, And then we <laughs> saw the portion size and saw it would be great to split, so we did. Well... What, what did you think of it? I thought there were so many layers of texture that it, it was just, it was giving you the crunchy, the creamy, the, and different, different types of crunchiness and then the tenderness of the meat. So the breadcrumbs were crunchy, but the vegetables were not overly cooked they gave you a different kind of crunch than the breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. And then the pasta was an al dente. Yeah, pasta was cooked perfectly. Yeah. And the the pot roast gravy, the jus, the was just so woodsy and earthy and creamy. Yeah, okay. uh, it was a like, good mushroom, beefy mushroom beefy. gravy. 
Yeah. And the, the meat was tender. Not only was the meat tender, there was something missing from our tray. And by the way, this is all counter service. So you, you stand in line, you go and order, they bring it out to you on a tray, like cafeteria style. This was one of their quick service locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing missing from our plate was a fork or was a knife. knife. We had a fork. We yeah. had forks. The meat was fork plastic fork tender. Yes. And there was just like you had the meat and then you had kind of the, the fatty, the fatty portion toward the bottom. Mm-hmm. So when you got the, the carrot and the wilted kale and the meat with a little bit of the fattiness and the sauce and the pasta all together, it just created the perfect bite. It absolutely did. And I, I, it's, I was kind of shocked to get a dish that had kale in it mm-hmm. at a Disney park, at a counter service spot, mm. and everything about it worked. I yeah. mean, the the pasta, you would think mass-produced pasta is probably going to be mushy and overcooked. Not at all. This wasn't. You would think that the portions of meat would be skimpy or processed and... No. This tasted very fresh and uh-huh. very properly and well cooked. Yeah, the vegetables were gorgeous. When you you the, the yeah. shoestringed carrots on top were rainbow carrots, so you had this beautiful pop of color. Oh yeah, on top of what could otherwise be kind of a a brown brown over white, you know, color palette, Mm -hmm. you know, so you've got the pop of the purple and the orange and the yellow from these, these rainbow carrots against the green of the kale, which was not overcooked. Right. So the kale had, it held up, it had a little, little toothsomeness Mm -hmm. to it. And like you said, that the crunch of the carrots was a little different than the crispiness of the breadcrumb. Yes. So texturally, I think they hit all the notes and I think the tip for this is because a lot of people would look at the menu and see that price and go, oh, for one person, that's a lot. For one person. And it, a quick service. It, it For $19, and look, we are talking about Disney prices of here. Of course. This is certainly more expensive than some other counter service items you can sure. get throughout the park. Mm-hmm. But here's the tip. The tip is if you get it and you split it, you will be heartily satisfied and it's really then what nine nine bucks nine bucks person yeah yeah and i actually would argue that this is too big for one person Ah. i think i think that this is one of those secrets it if you are really hungry and a big eater absolutely but but i think if you're kind of an average eater and Mm -hmm. you're just looking for something midday Mm. you're going to throw some of this away if you don't split it with somebody yeah so it's it's a good one i don't think the rib although i'm very curious about it because it looked good i don't think the rib would be something i would get to split i agree yeah yeah i I think you're absolutely right and and the rib was i believe served with um mashed potatoes oh maybe it didn't have a pasta side, and, no. and we were looking for something. I, I don't know. Sometimes you just have a you have a hankering for for cabbage pasta. slaw. Oh, they do that. Okay, says. the ribs with the slaw and the yeah, chicken. Yeah, I didn't remember either. Yeah, the chicken might be the one chicken of those. mash. Yeah, mashed potato. Yes. Okay, so 
Yeah. So that was what they had food wise. Mm -hmm. And this isn't the drink portion, but we're going to tell you about a drink too. Well, yes, it's like a bonus. This is some bonus drinkage. This is a bonus. Yes. Because we got, this is the Black Spire hot chocolate, which wasn't on their menu on the app or on the website. It was a special that they had a sign printed up for yeah. there at the food station. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, I mean, this is really kind of s- sort of kicking off the, the drink portion, I guess. It is. So It's an aperitif. Yes. And it's a non-alcoholic hot chocolate. It is. It's So it's a non-alcoholic option. And I think that if the marathoners had been lucky enough to have that cold weather, that cold snap that sometimes accompanies marathon weekend, mm-hmm. this would be a great way to warm up in the park as you celebrate. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This, uh, I... You know, you, you expect, you know, hot chocolate's going to be, okay, you know, it's going to be like a a processed cocoa powder with sugar and, you know, either some, some hot milk or water. This... No water. ...was some of the richest mm-hmm. and most decadent tasting hot chocolate that I've ever gotten, for, A, from just about anywhere. Yeah. But certainly from a counter service location. Right. And we were drinking it, and both of us were thinking, this tastes almost like they used half and half or, or even did it brevet style where they did like a, a full-on heavy cream. Yeah, it was that thick. Very thick. Mm-hmm. Very rich. Mm. Um, and, I mean, we were just raving about it while we were, we were sharing this hot chocolate. Nobody told us. So much so that we didn't even open it to look at it. No, they so. handed it to us in, you know, a paper cup with the lid on it. Yeah. Nobody said, open it up and check it out. I kind of feel ripped off as, gotta, as far as that goes. We'll have to go back again. Because come to find out as we're doing show prep, if we had opened the container, we huh. would have gotten a treat for the eyes as well. Shimmery, buttery, Lavender tinted whipped cream topping. Purple whipped cream. Yeah. And here's the kicker. The whole time we're drinking this, we're like, and I said, is that, am I tasting cinnamon? And she's like, no, no, it's not Because it's not so spicy. It was not so spicy. It could be like the remnants of a cinnamon stick or something, I think I said. I I did. I could not peg (sighs) what it was. Yeah. So... We're doing our due diligence and research because that's what we do here at the Run Eat Drink podcast. <laughs> and come to find out. We should have done it before. We should have done it before. <laughs> that's not what's important right I now. I know. I know. But come to find out that for this whipped cream, they're not only using edible glitter in the whipped cream, they also are using brown sugar as their sweetening agent for the whipped cream. So you think it was like an essence of molasses? Yes. Okay. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it was delicious. Oh, I, I was almost tempted to go back and get a second one. Even though we didn't have a super hot, I mean, a super cold day for that would be appropriate for a hot beverage. Right. It's, it, it was just like a dessert beverage. Oh, absolutely. Again, something 
pretty good size. I want to mm-hmm. say it was a 16 ounce that we got. Yeah. And only drinking half of it. Yeah. Perfect, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I joke about wanting to go get another one, but honestly, it was so rich. I, I did, we didn't need another one. No, splitting that one, I think, is a great strategy as well. I think, yeah, the, the entree we had and this beverage. So for the, our beverage and for our entree, we're out about $24, $25 for two people yeah. at Disney. Yeah. That's not bad. That is not. It's not bad for Disney prices. I no. mean, and it really held us for the what we had remaining in the run when we stopped for it. Yes. That's, I think, when we restarted, we were good to go until we hit dinner. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So. But that's not the official beverage it's for the, this week's episode. It's the non-alcoholic option, but. Yeah. That was the non-alcoholic aperitif. Yes. And we did find something for the hop heads out there. We found a beer. We found a beer. Which is called the Gold Squadron Lager. And I feel like you have history. Well, there is history. And anybody that is familiar with Star Wars knows that Gold Squadron is a reference to the, the bomber squadron of Y-Wings that led the assault on the Death Star. And we even have the Christmas ornament on our Christmas wreath. Yes. But Gold Squadron Lager actually has its own entry on the official Star Wars wiki, Wikipedia, Wikipedia, which is at StarWars.Fandom.com. And they actually reference it. And they say, Gold Squadron was an alcoholic beverage served at Oga's Cantina in Black Spire Outpost on the planet Batu in around <laughs> 34 ABY. And for the Star Wars nerds out there, you know what that is. For those of you that don't know, I don't. they reference years as after the Battle of Yavin, which is the main battle where the Death Star was blown up. Learn something new every day. There you go. So, and it says this drink was suitable for human consumption, and <laughs> I would agree with that. Yes, it is touted on the signage in the park as a beer that is 5% ABV that is similar to the Earth Beer Bud Light. And I have some things to say about that. Me too. But it's made by Blue Point Brewing Company. And it was for sale outside the Millennium Falcon and near Olga's Cantina. Yes. Also available inside of the docking bay where we had the pot roast. Yes, it was. If we wanted it there. Mm -hmm. But we got it outside of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, they actually had a stand outside that was selling Mm Coca-Cola products that were in what looks like the thermal detonator or hand grenade uh, from Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And those actually made the news several months ago. The TSA was having issues with those. (laughs) And... TSA and Disney had to come to an understanding about that. And Mm. uh, I guess uh, Disney won because Coca-Cola is still making them. They're still out there. So. Yes. So the Gold Squadron Lager. Made by Blue Point Brewing. You said that? Made by Blue Point Brewing Company. Lavender and plum flavors similar to Earth Beer Bud Light. Uh, ABV is 5% and 18 IBU. Okay. So tell me what your thoughts were on this beer and I'll. 
I will tell you, I don't think it's, it is a logger. Yes. Has those traits. What? That it's a logger and it's a liquid? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's not like a stout. It's not dark. It's that golden color. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it had anything overly, like I didn't get an overly strong fruit, fruity plum flavor. So you're not, you you wouldn't say this is like a weeded or I'm sorry, a, a fruited beer. No. I got, you can tell there's essence of lavender. It's subtle. It's subtle. But I didn't think that it tasted like a Bud Light. Oh, I'm right there with you. I said the only thing it shares in common with Bud Light is that it's a carbonated yellow beverage that's a liquid. Yeah. That's about where the similarity ends to me. Yeah, I really loved begins the, and ends. the level of carbonation. I, I loved that it wasn't really a, an overly sweet kind of fruited flavor mm-hmm. and that it was just an essence of lavender and it wasn't overly, like that wasn't there in the nose, overly powerful. And it wasn't overly powerful when you tasted the beer or in the aftertaste. So I, I just, I liked, uh, you, you still, it's, I, I just, I don't think that lavender was overpowering in there at all. And I didn't get plum at all, to be honest, really. Hmm. Did you? Well, I've got some thoughts on this one myself. Yeah, fire away. I mean, I, I shared a couple there, which. I, what caught my eye initially, and I'm a sucker for the marketing, was the tap handle. Oh, That's the tap handle! What caught my eye from across the walkway? The tap handle. It's in the artwork for this beer. Is in the artwork, yeah. and it looks like a fighter control stick. So that's what you're actually looking at them grabbing and pulling when they're when they're pouring from the tap. So the the tap handle was amazing. Mm. When you get up there, I see this. I'm like, lavender and plum flavors. Sign me up. Similar to Earth Beer Bud Light. I'm like, that is uh, not a selling point. Made by Blue Point Brewing Company. Blue Point is a subsidiary of Anheuser-Busch um, and 5% ABV. So I was like, hmm, well, they may not be wrong. I mean, these guys do know, do know what they're talking about as far as Bud Light. But I'm willing to give it a shot because of the name and the marketing and we're here. Well, so. I was willing to give it a shot because it's Blue Point and we've had their Blue Point toasted lager and that is quite nice. Yes. So. Yes. So absolutely a, a, a brewery that has a good track record for us. Yes. And we featured toasted lager on our episode last year when we at did this Hen- time, really. Henry and Eli's. Yeah, at this time. So... We try it, and again, with the 5% ABV, you know, a, a good, um, not too high of an ABV, something no. you could enjoy, and we still had some running ahead of us. So I thought that the carbonation was moderate. I thought that the body was light to medium. Mm-hmm. I got the lavender. Yeah. But I really had a tough time on the plum, maybe it. because I don't eat a lot of plums. I I have plums sometimes fresh plums for as a snack at work. I don't. And I just didn't I didn't. So I kind of missed out on the plum. I definitely got the lavender. 
I really liked it. I, I know mm-hmm. that if you look at like untapped, it, average user rating is about a 3.7. I would give this a four out of five as far as loggers go. It was yeah. very enjoyable, yeah. um, refreshing. I had no complaints whatsoever. And hey, it's Gold Squadron Logger and it's the official, you know, it, it's, it's got its own Wikipedia page. That's I mean, cool. Come on, yeah. And, and it really isn't very bitter at all. 18 IBU no, is, no. is the official bitterness rating. Mm-hmm. I I would tend to agree. I, this really is much more about the malt than it is the hops. Yes, it was not hoppy, not bitter. So very very yeah. enjoyable to me. It was enjoyable. I don't I don't know if in the park because we have sampled some loggers throughout that park. Oh, yeah. If it is my all-time favorite, but I would go back for it. I was going to say, would you go back and get another pint? I would. Yeah, I think that in in this park in particular, when you have, of course, you have the Baseline Tap House, which has a Mm -hmm. wide selection of California local beers. Mm -hmm. And that lager is quite good there. They have several that are very good there. Mm-hmm. Therein might lie your problem. If <laughs> this is an either or type of situation for you, if you're like, I only want to have one or two in the in the park while I'm there, mm-hmm. I don't know that that would be the that that the Gold Squadron Lager is going to be the the one I'm going to tell you to go get. But if you are wanting to do all things Star Wars, then there you go. Then let this one have some room on your on your dance card. And here's a tip also. This beer is served prior to the opening of Baseline Tap House in the park. Oh, that is a good tip. Yeah. Baseline so, Tap House opens at 1130? Oh, I think 11. 11 or 1130. 1130, something like that. I, anyway, it was closed. Mm-hmm. And this beer was being sold and offered in Galaxy's Edge and we could get it ahead of the opening of Baseline Tap House. So if you've just run a race, let's say you're a runner, and you've just run the 5K, the 10K, or you're super fast in the half, perhaps. Or the full. You're or really, the full. really fast. You're really fast. And you, you, you get all that done, and you get into the park. If you want a celebratory post-race beer in the park, right? then here is... You don't have to wait for Baseline Tap House to open. That's true. Here is your shot. So that's your other hidden gem. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So that wraps it up for the running, the eating, and drinking during this non-travel training week where we ended up traveling to train. What FOMO made us do. Well, I hope that we were able to scratch that FOMO, Disney, itch of yours. I loved it. Because we've only got one more week of training ahead of our next new race for the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Yes, the Fort Lauderdale Half Marathon, the Publix. Publix A1A. A1A, and they do a marathon. They do a 6K in partnership with uh, Susan G. Komen, and then they also do a 5K. And we mentioned it last week when we were telling you what the uh, year was going to be, where it was going to have in store. The medals for this race look amazing. I cannot wait to get here to this race. They're meant for us, I feel like. 
So we've got one more training week ahead of a Mm -hmm. brand new race for the show, and we cannot wait to bring that to you guys. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, we need your help. Yes. Yes, we do. We want you all to head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and review. You can head on over to runeatdrink.net and you can click on the link to Apple Podcasts or you can open up Apple Podcasts or you could give us a rating in Podbean. Yep, any of those things, but especially over at Apple Podcasts. That mm -hmm. is the largest podcast aggregator out there. Your ratings and reviews help us get discovered. Yes, that is how we make the Runcation Nation and that it refers to us and all of you out there who take time to listen to us on long runs, on the commute to work, when you're cooking in the kitchen. And then you plan those vacations planning. around your run. Yes, that is, that, that is the group, the Runcation Nation, that we want to grow our community. So if you'll do that, you would be helping us beyond words. So yes. we can't thank you enough in advance. Head on over there. Leave us that rating and review. And if you want to share a particular race or a place to eat and drink in your hometown, we want to hear from you. Send us a one-minute message with your name, where you're from, and what you're wanting to share to our email. And that's info at runeatdrink.net. Info at runeatdrink.net. Or you can call us with your message at 941 941- Six seven seven two seven three three. That's nine four one six seven seven two seven three three. Or email that sound file to info at runeatdrink.net. Mm-hmm. Keep it to about a minute and yeah. we'll get you on the podcast. We would love to hear from you and share your tips with the rest of the Runcation Nation. Yeah, if you have any tips ahead of Fort Lauderdale, if you have any tips to add on to from the Run Disney race experience, if you did the marathon weekend, anything, or in your hometown, let us and the rest of the Runcation Nation know. For now, that's going to do it for the Run Eat Drink podcast. Have a great week. I'm your host, Amy. And I am your co-host, Dana. We will talk to you guys again really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run Eat Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run Eat Drink Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run Eat Drink Pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.